Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. Now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. You know, I've been getting a lot of emails from listeners recently that have had to cancel travel plans due to this pandemic. And if you're one of them, I just want to say, hang in there, my friend. You will get out there on the road again. It's a, it's a tricky thing. You know, I'm still waiting to get money back from SAS for a flight I had back to my home country. Uh, they haven't gotten back to me. I don't know. It's been months and months. And, you know, that's a couple thousand bucks i think right now and i know some of you have a worse scenario so i just want to say stay on top of it one tip if you're trying to get some money back don't forget a lot of credit cards have uh, insurance tied to them so if you've purchased any travel on your credit card you can always look into your credit card company and see if they offer travel insurance and reimbursement for things that have happened to you Also, if you have travel insurance, you can uh, certainly get in touch with them. So do not give up if you're still trying to get some refunds. I know this is something that's been going on with a lot of people. So just thought I would mention that here at the top of the show. We've got a fun show for you today uh, with a gentleman who is traveling with his family. And you're going to hear how it's been traveling during COVID with with the whole family and not only that, it's not a family travel podcast per se. Uh, this is a part of his experience right now. But we talk about a lot of things. We talk about the timing of uh, knowing when is the right time to take off. And, you know, how do you decide if you're selling, say, your house and all your stuff because you're going to go nomadic? You know, when is really the best time to do that? You can always kind of save more money. You can always keep working your job. It's sometimes hard to know when the time is right and the time might never be right uh, but anyway he shares his experience on uh, timing and you know this is another question especially now when is the right time to get back out on the road I know some people are getting out now and you know if you're coming from 
a hotspot country. There are some places you can go, some places you can't go, and some places it might be safer to be than where you're at right now. So a lot to consider. Uh, We talk about slow travel and what you can get out of that that you can't get out of fast travel. Some of the hardest things to let go of, you know, when you're traveling for an extended period of time, it's not just about uh, making plans and acquiring things, plane tickets and travel gear and so on. A lot of it's about letting go uh, of uh, maybe things like, uh, you know, physical possessions, but also it could be things around your identity. You know, let go of a career, you let go of a life that you've built. And what does that mean when you become untethered and stick yourself out into the world. So a lot of stuff going on in this interview. I know you're going to love it. Before we get into it, a couple things. First, on the other side, I want to give a shout out to somebody in this community who is also trying to stay optimistic during this time of no travel for most of us. Somebody who had to cancel all their travel. So I wanted to give uh, this person a shout out and have a little chat about that. Let us now slip and slide into the interview portion of this episode. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. I'm so excited to finally be on a call with Peter Scott from earthfamilytravel.com. He is out on the road with his wife and two kids, and we have a lot to catch up on. So, (laughs) Peter, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Whereabouts are you guys? Just let everybody know. We are in uh, Da Nang, Vietnam. So it's basically smack dab in the middle of Vietnam. It's a, a long... Uh, tall, skinny country along the coast, and uh, we're kind of in the middle of it. It's a medium-sized city, about one and a half million people. Yeah, so, you know, I was looking back into my emails, and the first email you sent me was almost exactly a year ago from today, just about 13 days out from being exactly one year ago, and um, certainly... A lot has changed in the world. Yeah, at that point, you guys had spent two years prepping to go nomadic, essentially, with your family. And you wrote in that first email that you were just a month away from being, quote, happily homeless and unemployed. With the podcast and a lot of the the stuff we talk about here, I'm always trying to like kind of keep things... I suppose what evergreen or like, you know, you could go back into the archives and, and learn a lot. It's not really based on current events, but really, I mean, this whole COVID-19 thing kind of makes it impossible to not uh, talk about this because the world's completely changed and travel disappeared overnight. And now it's completely changed. So I want to hear how it's been for you guys recently, and then we can kind of go back from there and sort of go through the timeline of, of when this started ramping up and how you made decisions based on that. But I mean, how are you guys doing right now? Is everybody healthy? Are you just hunkering down there? What's the story? Well, we're doing great. We've been in Da Nang nearly three months now that uh, we'd only had planned for one month here. So um, we've had to, to make some adjustments. Um, we, we are, uh, I'll just back up like to Vietnam. We arrived in Vietnam in Hanoi uh, from Laos uh, on January 15th, and we spent a month 
um, just outside of Hanoi, um, and then two weeks in Nimbin, which is near this, it's kind of what they call it, the Halong Bay of the Rice Paddies, um, and uh, beautiful mountains and caves, and then we came down here, and we were going to be hopefully leaving from here to Malaysia. Um, shortly after we arrived was when things started to get a little bit serious in China, and um, it was right around, they, they call it Tet here, but the Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year, and um, basically over that time, like everything shut down just for the holiday for one week, and then things just never reopened again. Um, kids were out of school, they, they just started going back to school last week. Luckily, Vietnam has been doing an amazing job. So right away, everybody is wearing masks. Like the building we were in, they were disinfecting the elevator three times a day. They had hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, and uh, they canceled flights from Wuhan into the country. Everybody was wearing masks all the time wherever we would go. So we had to wear them too, and it took some adjusting. Um, and then we went down to Ninbin, and it was like everything was fine, la-di-da. And we spent two weeks there and then came to uh, Da Nang and about a week after we got here, they got their second wave. So they'd only had 16 cases in the whole country and then they went three weeks without a single case. By that time, everyone had recovered and left the hospital. Then the second wave from Europe came and the I think at last count there's 288 cases in total in a country of almost 100 million. So um, they've had no deaths here, but uh, anyway, so we were here for a month. After the second wave hit Vietnam, um, uh, everybody started wearing masks again. It was, they would bug you to do it. People would point to your face when you're walking down the street and uh, in a you know, convenience store. And then um, we decided that um, you know, our, the travel advisories had been ordered and stuff. And it was a very stressful time. It was the hardest decision we'd made. And there's new news coming out all the time. We were going back and forth, back and forth. What do we do? What do we do? And we did not want to go home. <laughs> For one thing, we don't have a home. You sold your home in Canada. So. We sold our home yeah. and, and everything we own. And so our, our current address is my mother-in-law's and... Um, and in, oh, I see. You're uh, like, no, I'm not going to live with my mother-in-law. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she takes immunosuppressants. Um, she has uh, autoimmune diseases and stuff like this. And, um, you know, it's not advised. We wouldn't be allowed. To no, I know. I was I was making one of those typical know, mother-in-law know, jokes. Know, but we know I, we know why. I mean, it's not. But I love my mother-in-law. She's yeah. the best. We get along great. But. Um, she's a wonderful Korean woman who is an awesome cook and, and we, we get along great. But anyway, I know the jokes. <laughs> um, and, and we couldn't stay with my dad. He's, you know, he's, uh, even older. And so we were thinking, well, we, we thought about what we would do if we had to go back, where would we stay? How would we get from the airport to where we're going and all this kind of stuff? Where would we get our food if we're not allowed to go anywhere for quarantine for 14 days? And, um, and we priced out the cost and it was expensive. And then we, anyway, long story short, we realized that the safest thing for us and for anybody around us, because uh, we could be carriers, especially if you're going through three or four airports and waiting in all these lineups. And this is what happened. Everybody said, come on home, come on home. Everybody rushed home and they brought the coronavirus with them. 
and that's what happened in North America anyway. Um, and things there are, even in Canada, are much worse than they are here, especially if you look per capita. It's crazy. Um, I even compared Vietnam to Norway, and the per capita, it's, it's, it's insane because you got like not even 6 million people there, right? And there's almost 100 million here, zero deaths. Anyway, there's one guy that's really close to dying, and they're trying so hard to keep him alive because they want to keep that at zero. Um, and anyway, the, the, there's information is shared very freely here. So being that it's a communist country, they're able to do things that they couldn't do in most countries because they don't have to worry about political consequences or being PC or anything like that. So they just do what needs to be done. Apparently, they actually started making plans for this in December when they, for the first case in China happened. So... Um, Anyway, so we decided to stay put would be the best thing, so we thought we'd just find a nicer place. Uh, we got another apartment, it's about 600 Canadian a month, and we've got a rooftop pool, and um, it's just a block away from a market, and uh, we thought we'll stay here for at least a month and see. It's almost two months now that we've been in this apartment, or hotel, and um, uh, yeah, a lot has happened since then, But uh, and I could talk more about why there are no cases in Vietnam and, and stuff like that. But um, uh, we, this is where we are, and we're, we're still not sure what our next move is. Yeah, how can you know? I mean, I think kind of the thought exercise you went through, just deciding what to do, you said that was uh, one of the toughest decisions, certainly like making a decision like that in real time. But I think a lot of those lessons can apply to anybody, like, you know, assuming at some point we are all again traveling. It's like that decision. Well, when do you come home? What are you actually coming back to? You know? And in this case, you also have to consider, of course, how that's going to affect everybody else. Like you said, you can't stay with your in-laws or your father because that's going to potentially have an impact on them as far as health. So yeah, there's just so much to consider. So you were a nurse in a former life, right? Yeah. Well, I still technically am. I, my wife and I are both nurses. We both right. work at um, uh, downtown, the only downtown hospital, St. Paul's in Vancouver. I mean, you got out of the nursing right before this, so you're not on the front lines, as they would say. How is that making you feel right now, knowing, uh, yeah, what's going on and everything? I mean, I'm sure there's a mix of emotions. What, what is that like for you? Well, from the selfish point of view, um, and from just a guy who wants to take care of his family, I'm really glad that we're not working. <laughs> I know, like I, I would imagine so. People. Right? Scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people sleeping in the garage because they don't want to go inside the house and and spread it to their family potentially, and the fact that you can be asymptomatic and carry it. And so either one of us, my, my, you know, I was working on a renal or a kidney unit. Um, my wife was in the ICU. So um, I'd be working with chronic patients and she'd be working with the sickest patients. And, um, you know, not something that we're kind of feel a little guilty. We feel bad for our friends and coworkers uh, who are still on the front lines, as they say. But kind of relieved that we're not there um, and that was also a factor as we didn't want to rush home to jump into the fray necessarily and you can call me a chicken but um, I, I wouldn't uh, call you a chicken that's 
this is kind of the reaction I expected because, yeah, as a father of two children as well, it would be hard to imagine, um, you know, coming home, like you said, and sleeping in the garage and, and, you know, all the potential risk and everything. So it's just like why I think everybody's able to just so appreciate everybody that's out there doing that right now. And um, for you guys, I mean, part of your intention or your, uh, I guess sounds like from your first email, uh, maybe perhaps the biggest intention behind this trip was to spend more time with your kids, right? Yes. Yeah. How has that been in terms of going from working like a nursing schedule, you and your wife to now all being together 24 seven in this way? Like, and, and you would be doing this regardless of COVID-19. This would be what would be happening. It might just be moving around a little more, but that, that is uh, one of the big adjustments I think for a family going nomadic, going from the traditional sort of way of living of, you know, jobs and going to school and all that. And then all of a sudden you're out on the road together, like a little team. How has that been? Well, it's been, for the most part, it's been great. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think it's, um, it's been the main intention for this. Like you only have so much time with your kids before they don't want to even hang out with you. Right. (laughs) You know, they think you're cool now, right? Yeah. They they, (laughs) they actually enjoy our company and one day that will be less. So, I mean, we feel really, really fortunate where we're at. Like the fact, uh, like, you know, it's kind of a bummer in one sense that here we are, we plan this big trip. We're not even halfway through. Um, we even in February plan our whole summer all the way up to the end of September, going through Georgia and Eastern Europe. And, and we were so looking for, we had everything booked and we've got most of that money back, but you know, it's a disappointment to let go of that. But at the same time, we feel very fortunate that we've already been with our kids all the time We're, we were going out less. Like we had like a lockdown here, which only lasted three weeks, thankfully, um, and you could only go out with two or more people. So, um, the kids didn't mind at all. They, they actually were complaining about traveling too much and now they actually want to travel more. So in a way that's a good thing. And, um, schooling is a challenge as anybody who's got their kids coming home, you know, just, just, you know, we all appreciate the little break that our teachers and daycare workers give us. Um, but, uh, you know, at least we were prepared for that and we've been doing that for a while and we still have battles over getting their work done. Um, but at least we've been doing that. So it, it, all in all, things haven't changed that much for us compared to most people in the world. And at least we still have some money saved up and that sort of a thing too. Was this a planned for a year long type of trip or is this sort of an, an indefinite thing originally? Indefinite. We were a year and a half minimum, and uh, we'll see how long we could go. We, you know, we have our blog, and we're, you know, we're very novice at this. Like we're nurses, um, we have no business sense whatsoever, <laughs> and um, and we've been learning a lot as we go. And and uh, SEO is still this like uh, this thing, this this mystery that I, I need to get my head around, but. Um, and we made not a single penny off our, our blog, um, but we're hoping, and right now it's not the best time to think about making money off of a, a travel blog. I don't think we're going to get a lot of advertisers. Anyway, we were hoping maybe something would come out of that and that would allow us to continue on longer. Um, but the other option, which is still an option, would be for us to go back home 
and then do short-term contracts. So where, um, which I had done previously, where we could work in a uh, hospital in a smaller location. So in Northern British Columbia, um, like some, like we did four months in Bella Coola, which is an incredibly beautiful place to be on, on its own. Um, and work in a small hospital, they give you free accommodation and um, we could save up some money and um, we could even take turns working. So, um, which is what we did before as I was full time and Monica was working on my days off, not all of them, but you know, about half time. And uh, so do that for a few months and then hit the road again. This episode is brought to you by US Bank. Recently I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. In many ways, the timing for you guys with this, like you could you could look at it both ways, right? You could be like, oh, this was terrible timing, but you could also look at it as, well, this was perfect timing. You're... You know, you're not on the front lines right now. You guys spent two years preparing uh, how to homeschool and how to deal with all that. I mean, I'm sure you've been researching it, like leading up to this trip. And now everybody's just thrown into that situation. <laughs> You've already been reading yeah. about it and like preparing for it because of this trip. So a lot of the things that you are experiencing right now are things that you've already been thinking about, looking into, researching and, and already planning on you know, being with your family like this and, and all that stuff. I guess from the standpoint of your your experience on the journey itself and 
how you probably going into this, I'm sure had a lot of different expectations as anybody naturally would going into a trip like this, but not knowing that there was going to be a pandemic and how that's changed things. How has that been for you? Did you, were you really open-minded about like where this could go? But I mean, you, you know, even the most open-minded of people wouldn't expect this pandemic situation, right? So how has that been for you emotionally? I've been, I was just thinking about this earlier today as um, we, in 2007 and 2008, um, Monica and I took a year off to travel. We spent two years working up and then a remote nursing station, saving our money. And then uh, in order to take a year off and travel. So we did that at a much, much faster pace. That's another subject is slow travel. But, um, and at that time, I remember at the end, I felt like after about six months, I kind of wished I could have come home and uh, maybe spent a month at home, hang out with my buddies, see my brother and uh, enjoy those things that I, I love from home and then head back on the road again. This time, I haven't felt that at all. Um, I, I, you know, I, I worry about, you know, like my dad and things like that and his health or whatnot. And, and, uh, and I, I do miss my friends and family. I was supposed to be meeting up with my best buddy in Bulgaria in July, but uh, um, I don't know if that's gonna happen. So, um, you know, emotionally, I, I feel a lot better about it. Like I, I, that was the hardest part about this pandemic is like, I don't want to go home. You know, this, I remember this, this overwhelming feeling of anxiety that we might actually have to fly home. And we were concerned about our, our uh, insurance and things like that, whether we were still going to be covered, which we turned out we are, just took a while to get in touch with them. And, uh, but, you know, once we got things sorted out, we decided, no, we're just going to stick it out and see what happens. And, you know, every day is an adventure. Being in another place is is an adventure, even if we're not getting out as much as we like to. And we're we're learning new stuff all the time. And that's that's what I I like to do. Like I'm trying to, in a way, reinvent myself, um, and not just be, you know, the nurse guy. You know, and learn some new skills and um, you know, video editing, whatnot. Practice my ukulele. I bought a ukulele a little while ago. I'd left mine at home. So once we decided we're sticking around here, I'm like, I'm buying a ukulele. Hey, man. And, I, uh, I so, feel you on that. Yeah. I bought a guitar in Vietnam once, so there we go. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right here, actually. Nobody, nobody watching this can see this, but I'm holding it up. Anyway. Yeah, nice. So. <laughs> yeah, mine's behind me by the window. I'm feeling good. You know, we're just a little anxious about where things are going to go and where we can travel next, but it's kind of interesting at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've had the fast travel experience. You mentioned the fast travel, slow travel thing. So uh, let's talk about slow travel. And I mean, of course you mentioned your first trip being in what you said, like 07, 08, something like that. So that was over 10 years ago. You're of course a different person now in, in some ways, I'm sure. How does the slow travel experience compare, I guess? And what are you getting out of it that you don't think you can get out of uh, more quicker travel? Well, the first thing is you get more travel. 
and I think that's the biggest benefit of it. It's like you can, like the longer you stay in a place, the more cost-effective it is to travel. Therefore, you can spend more time traveling as long as, and because we don't have a job to go back to, we don't have a, a, a time set out, we just have to travel as long as we can until we run out of money, basically. Um, we're just working off our, the money we got on the sale of our house, which was timely uh, in retrospect. So that, that's one of the biggest things. Like We really want to focus on budget travel and also to, to show other families that they can do this. And you don't have to be rich. You can, uh, with limited resources, for less than you would live at home, you can travel the world. You choose the right countries and the right places. But it's more than that. Um, and we actually sometimes find that like, you could spend a month in a city and still not see all the major sites because we're just not that concerned about that anymore. And um, you have kids, so uh, they're not going to want to wait in as long a lineup or go on that giant hike up a mountain when it's 35 degrees Celsius. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, you know Celsius now, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still yeah. learning, but yeah, that's very hot. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, but like the best thing is is like getting to know the local people. And I mean, we've been in Da Nang for two and a half months, and we're still finding restaurants that are within a few blocks of our place. And tonight I went out, and I got like these. Uh, it's kind of like a. It's called Kebab Nova, and it's like a, like a donair kind of a thing. And kids love it. We get four of them for about $3, and I can feed my whole family. And they know you when you go there. And on the way back, there's like the lady I buy lettuce from, and she's bugging me. She's like, hey, hey, come and get some. And then she just kind of gives me this serious gruff look, and then she laughs and smiles and waves at me. And there's these little things that are priceless. Like when you go back to a restaurant or a fruit stand the second and the third time, you're treated completely differently than you are the first time. And people who only travel quickly never get to experience that. And then they get little extra free things thrown in and they're like, even if you don't speak the same language at all, you get this bit of a bond and you feel this warmth and, and you're actually sad to see them go. And uh, it, it takes it to another level. Yeah, and for the traveler, it adds a bit of normalcy for you, right? The idea of kind of getting to the neighborhood in that way in a place, and you become, we'll use air quotes, say a regular, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe frequenting yeah. a, pla a place for a month or so, you do get that sort of special feeling of, oh, I'm like kind of a part of this community for a little while, instead of just being the, the eternal ghost floating through town. Yeah, you're Norma Cheers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. <laughs> For uh, some some people listening might have to Google that, what that is. But you, you can Google Norm from Cheers and, and then you'll see what we're talking about. Let's go back in time to when you're gearing up for this whole adventure because I wanted to get some tips. You know, we're in a unique situation right now where people are homebound and not traveling, but it's also an opportunity to learn new skills, try new things, and also plan your next adventures, which we have to all assume the world will open up again. There have been pandemics throughout human history, and eventually people start traveling again. So you mentioned having a two-year run-up to kind of preparing for this trip. And this could be an opportunity to 
for people to prepare for the next thing for them. Maybe that's a, a indefinite trip. Maybe it's living abroad or whatever the case is. So it's always nice to hear what people have learned during that transition to travel process, that that journey before the journey, I call it. And one of the things that I always find particularly challenging for myself and most people is like knowing when to do something, right? Because there's no perfect time. This is something I talk about quite a lot. But you know, you guys could have just kept working and you know, in hindsight, you you left when you left, but you could have kept working and and kind of put off the trip and saved. Ah, we could save more money. We can keep doing this for another two years. Like, how do you? How did you guys decide? Okay, this is it. Like, there's going to be no perfect time, so let's make it now. Well, I have to give Monica credit for that. I'm uh, I enjoy my creature comforts, and where we were, like Vancouver, is consistently rated in the top three best kind of cities in the world to live. I heard it's amazing. And it's great. Still it's a great been. city. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I I know um, that uh, Trav and Heather sing its praises often, and um, from extra pack of peanuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, um, and uh, we were we had this house. We lived there for ten years. It was like a brand new, perfect little house, perfect little neighborhood, great neighbors, great school. Um, my job, you know, nursing's, it's a, it can be a stressful job, but, you know, I had a, we'd been there for a long time. We were comfortable. I, you know, my best friends were a short walk away. My brother was a 20 minute walk away. It, it's like, it had like a 98% uh, walkability score. Everything is within two blocks of me there. Basically and the perfect situation best, for you. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, unicorns and rainbows. And so I was okay just being there, pay down our mortgage and take off. And we'd just been concentrating, putting all our money into our mortgage. Um, and then we, my wife thought, well, maybe it'd be nice to leave the city and stuff. And you find a needle at the bottom of a slide in the playground and you get your car door smashed or your car window smashed in one day. And little things start to make you question whether it's so idyllic. And then um, and we thought about just maybe moving to another smaller community and around uh, like coastal BC and um, maybe to a small island or, or closer to the coast. Um, and uh, then one day my wife showed me this video and uh, she sent it to me. I watched it on my own. It was the uh, from Rolf Potts Vagabonding. Um, it was like the uh, foreword by... Um, Tim Ferriss, and it was a two and a half minute video, and she'd been kind of wearing me down a little bit, and uh, and then finally I watched that, and I just like that's it, you could bleep this out, but uh, from that point on we decided that this was going to be our pocket and go plan, <laughs> and we thought about all kinds of other ways to deal with this, whether we're going to rent our house and come back to it and all this stuff, and we decided you know what no. Like I grew up in Ontario. I've been in Vancouver for 20 years, and I'm like, yes, I love it here. But thankfully, I I have, you know, my wife to to show me because it's so easy to just get into this comfort zone, and and to look at maybe one day we'll pay off the mortgage, we'll have more time, we'll go part time, we'll take leave of absence. But you know, you got to just do it when you can. 
and when you're young and you know having some people in our families die unexpectedly was also uh, a bit of a trigger um monica lost some family members with young kids in a car accident my mom died shortly after this uh after we made our decision and that just cemented it and she still she just went to sleep and didn't wake up um and we still don't know what happened there but um that's she was a nurse she didn't get to she didn't have to go to an institution so she was happy about that i think in retrospect <laughs> she um she'd been suffering that's why I'm, I'm happy about that but it also just helped us um it drove it home how fleeting life is and how you just got to get out there you um you've got to grab life by the balls so to speak and and uh take what precious time you have left and make the most of it um so um at that point we just we were full on like it just took like it was like uh just a, a light went off and i was i was in for it and we had first thought maybe three years we were going to go and then after a while we're like no, no that's way too long <laughs> it's got to be two years and um but uh what i would say to families out there who've ever dreamed about doing something like that is that it might be like this is a great time to think about this because for one everybody has a little bit of experience with homeschooling everybody has a little experience with spending time with your kids and imagine doing that and being getting out to see all kinds of cool stuff all the time um and taking them to all these fun things and adventures um and eventually things are going to open up and these things can take you know two three four five years to plan the longer a head start you have the better off you'll be if you're tucking things away um, putting money aside and that sort of thing the longer you plan the more money you can have as, as a nest egg or develop skills that you can take remotely um, like i wish that i'd done a lot more uh, uh, learning about building those skills about uh, making uh, income online like you know about website building, um, video editing, and SEO marketing, all those sort of things. That's one thing I, I would have changed is I would have uh, dug in a little deeper instead of just listening to SEO to travel all the time. <laughs> Sorry. Well, hopefully there were some things in there that helped too. But Yeah. Oh, there were. There were lots. And that, was, that was like pretty much the day after that. That was probably the first podcast I started downloading, um, and I went through your back catalog and and uh, and found lots of good stuff. But I, I created a list, and this is one thing that I would suggest to people. I just started a Google Doc, and I just called places we'd like to visit, and I just wrote down names of countries. Anything that sounded good had to be budget friendly. So I'm probably never going to come to Norway. Um, or most of Western Europe for that matter. And I'm okay with that. I may never see the Eiffel Tower or the, or Venice or, you know, but I'm totally fine with that. I would rather spend a month in Laos. Yeah, so I started making this list and I started just adding little things. Anytime I heard a little tidbit from a podcast, I'd jot it down into this Google Doc and then I would add stuff about visa and uh, climate when the best time is to visit. Um, and so now I've got this this great resource, and anytime you want to go anywhere, you just quickly look, oh, August, what's the best place to go in August? And I've got a whole list of places to go there. So, um, and that's something 
the longer you have to work on that, the better. You can almost make your own book in that sort of way and tailor tailor it to what you want and what your uh, rest of your family members want and that sort of thing too. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And that's a great tip to have the, because, um, uh, you know, when you're consuming information, a lot of it can get lost. You think you're going to remember it, but you need to actually store it somewhere in a Google spreadsheet, a simple spreadsheet. It's a great idea. Yeah. And also I, I was going to ask you what maybe was something you regretted in hindsight in terms of uh, something else you could do to prepare, but you kind of answered that already leveling up the skill set If you were going to try to start up, mm-hmm a blog. So that's a, I think a good suggestion. That's something we mentioned earlier is this could be an opportunity now to, to, to do that. Right. It's hard to kind of travel and run a business at the same time, which is something I've done and do, but it's a lot easier to carry some of that knowledge with you instead of having to learn it all and do it all at the same time. So uh, especially with kids, Especially with kids, yeah, we should have. We should have. Uh, I, I guess we we got you in zero to travel, but we should have pulled you in on location indie where we do the online business stuff, the location dependent business stuff. But <laughs> I listened to the podcast. I've I've looked into it. Um, it's on my radar for sure. Uh, what was the hardest thing to let go of? Did you guys debate on? For example, keeping your place and renting it out to try to generate income like that. We can talk about that first. And I don't want to put words into your mouth because I don't know if that's something that was the hardest thing to let go of for you, if it was the house or something else, the lifestyle or whatever. But yeah, I guess that's a two-parter question. Let's take the house first. Did you... I know a lot of people might be listening to this that own their place and might be having that similar debate. How did you guys settle that debate for yourselves or was it a non-debate? It was a debate, and we thought about it because I, I felt more attached to our house. It was just the perfect little house. You know, it was, it was a duplex, but it was 1,600 square feet, which is spacious compared to your place, I guess. Yeah. And we had it sounds a like a mansion. Postage, yeah, <laughs> we had a little little backyard with a little organic vegetable garden and fruit trees, and you know, it was, it was great. We had a our next door neighbors were amazing. We, we made a little secret door in the fence because our daughters like to play together. So it was a, there was a lot of great things. And just the neighborhood, um, Commercial Drive in Vancouver is a really cool uh, neighborhood, a bit hipster, but um, you know it, it's got all kinds of great restaurants and, and shops and mom and pop places and um, delis. Little Italy, it's it's amazing. So that was hard to get uh, to let go of, but I just realized letting go of these things is how we grow, you know. And um, it's just easy to to not even think about doing that. And that that's you don't you you have to challenge yourself in order to better yourself. And um, I don't think I would regret moving on to something else. Um, and as I would if I just stayed there. And plus, I've always dreamed about having like a cabin in the woods somewhere, you know, like I love mountains and nature and I always thought I'd, I lived in a log cabin as a kid and, and I'd always thought I would love to have a log cabin by a lake near a mountain and that sort of a thing. And that's not Vancouver. It's the closest thing you can get in a big city maybe. But um, so th- that dream wouldn't come to fruition if uh, I'd stayed where we were. And renting, we'd, we'd, we rented a condo when we were working up at a nursing station um, 
like 15 years ago now and we just had these headaches with like we had a property manager and then him and the tenants didn't get along and and they were like complaining about mold in the shower which was just mildew because he didn't clean it and it was just like i'm dealing with this and i'm like a 24-hour drive away from them and uh i didn't want to deal with that when i was on the other side of the planet so we just thought and plus it will give us the resources to do it and in hindsight like Vancouver market, we bought it in 2009, so things were rock bottom, and they were doing pretty good. We were very lucky with our sale, and we had a great realtor, um, and uh, Michelle, she was amazing, and so we, we did okay for ourselves in that regard, and, and that, if we sold that this year, we would not, you know, um, so and in order just to have the capital to start off on this, uh, we wouldn't have been able to do that. We would have had to plan longer and put money away so we didn't really save any money for our trip we were spending money all the way up just buying all of our gear and our backpacks and 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 you know um, trying to enjoy where we were at the time which is another thing is you don't appreciate what you've got until um, you know you're going to go so we spent the last two years just really enjoying Vancouver going to all these places that we heard about um, even from other podcasts like extra pack of peanuts and do, like, the stuff best that's easy to put off that you're like hey we'll yeah. do that one day yeah yeah and like all oh, this ice cream shop is like five blocks from my house and i just heard about it on a podcast and i've never been there mm-hmm. and i had the best donut ice cream sandwich i've ever had in my life <laughs> you're like darn it why didn't i go here like five years ago <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. yeah i mean the decision sounds like part of it what played into the selling the house is not just for the travel and not having to deal with the tenants and having the funds, all that. although that was part of it, but it was also like, hey, we're completely closing this chapter and, and we're opening ourselves up to a complete new chapter whenever we're done traveling, right? Maybe that's a cabin in a woods or, or something else, which is not a small thing to do to really, you know, it's one thing to kind of cut ties, but sort of keep them. But it's another thing completely to just really close the book on that chapter of your life. What has this whole experience taught you about yourself? Well, that I'm really bad at business. (laughs) 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 That I, I, well, that's a skill that you can get better at. So that's, that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm not, I'm not an innate entrepreneur. Um, I could probably sell something, you know, like, you know, I could tell you that we were, we're going to be doing some more reviews and stuff. And so, and I have one review on our blog. So that's like, I can say this thing is really cool. Like you are with Tortuga. Um, and I came this close to buying a Tortuga backpack, but in Canada, the, the shipping and whatnot was uh, a little much. Anyways, um, so I've, I've learned that I need to, to learn. That's probably one of the biggest things is that we, it doesn't matter how old you are um, and you can have a career for 20 years and then think, well, that doesn't have to define you, uh, that you, you know, like you don't have to always just be a nurse and um, that maybe there's something else and I, there's a very good chance I can go back to that because it's a secure job, it's recession proof um, and it pays fairly good. Um, but, uh, but you know, 
is that really the ideal thing that I want to do all the time forever? No. I, even when I decided to be a nurse in grade seven, I thought, well, then at least I'll have a good job and then I can do whatever I want after that when I'm out of my parents' hair. And uh, so, and I also learned that I'm pretty versatile, you know, that uh, I, I don't need these creature comforts and um, I don't need to go to the hardware store and buy tons of Halloween decorations and plastic crap to stick in my front yard every year and, uh, you know, that we could get by with less. Like another thing is we're uh, traveling carry-on only and with two kids, so we have three carry-on bags and each, four, each of them are 40 liters and so we can get by with so much less and it's just great. We'd spent 10 years filling our house full of stuff and like days upon days just trying to find the right light fixture and what a waste of time that is, you know? And I, I, I think that um, living in the moment, learning to live in the moment and learning to appreciate experience over possessions is probably one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. One of the things, you know, having two kids myself and thinking about taking them off on a longer excursion like you guys are doing right now, not right not right at this moment, but at some point in the future, the kind of the first thing that comes to my head and probably a lot of other parents, if you're listening, is, and maybe you're somebody who doesn't have kids yet, but you love to travel. So if you listen to this podcast, you've probably learned by now that kids won't hold you back from traveling if you really want it. Yeah, just like the age of the kids, right? I'm always kind of like, well, at the age they're at now, like we can't, we could go out and do what you're doing right now, but we're here in Norway and all this stuff's going on. So we're not going anywhere right now. But even if we could, I I don't think at the ages that my kids are now, like it would be that much fun because <laughs> my son's just no. almost two and my daughter just turned four. So she would be okay. But there are certain things that just make it, more difficult as a parent. And like, I know there are plenty of people out there that have traveled with like super young kids or even newborns or whatever. And that's fine. I've just found the trips that I've taken with them have been fun, but also a ton of work in a way that I wouldn't want to do that long term. Right. So how do you feel about the ages that your kids are at now? Do you wish you did it sooner? And this is obviously completely subjective, but I'm just curious how you feel. Yeah. Every kid's different, of course, but um, we think we've, did things uh, couldn't have been better uh, the way things worked out. Because they're five we and seven, right? Are they five and seven when they left? They're now six and eight. Um, so, like about you know six months after we left, they turned six and eight, and and I think it's it's a great time. They're they're able to walk a little farther. They can carry a little backpack, um, stuff like that. Um, if we'd gone any earlier, you know, and they can, it's like the little things. The fact that they could brush their teeth by themselves. And um, the fact that they can have a little more experience with different foods and have a broader palate, um, because if all your kid will eat is peanut butter sandwiches, then they're going to be missing out. <laughs> so um, I think just uh, five, four or five would be a good age to start. And uh, but you want to hit them before they're too attached to their friends and stuff, right? So there's this, this golden window of opportunity before they feel like you're ruining their life by taking them away from their best friends, you know, especially if they're a teenager, if you're just 
you know, that could be really, really tough for them, especially long term. Um, but uh, the fact that they can still listen to you and the fact that you can still pick them up and carry them if you have to, there's a there's a short window there. Yeah. What have you learned? Uh, like maybe you could share some resources uh, around homeschooling or world schooling, or there are a lot of different options out there. What do you recommend for people that are wanting to take their kids on the road? We and we already mentioned kind of we've talked a bit about adult education, right? Like maybe building your skill set before you leave. Uh, I wanted to talk about the kids' education a little bit. Um, yeah, it's we we call ourselves world schoolers, um, but. Uh, we in British Columbia, uh, we're allowed to. Uh, not everywhere in the world can you even do this. I don't even know if in Norway, if you would even be allowed to just pull your kids out of school for long term without changing your residence. It's, it's not there really are some uh, countries. appreciated, I don't think, but we'll see how things play out after this. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all, I've done the pour over, I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago, and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Yeah. Some countries it's illegal though. I know that. Um, and I think that's uh, Sweden and, and Finland might be the case. Um, and um, I know people who've had to change their permanent residence just in order to be able to do this sort of thing. Um, so anyway, luckily where we are, you don't have to do anything. You can just say, I'm going to homeschool my kids. But we uh, have, there's a thing called the self-design, which is a distributive learning program. And so it's registered with the government and they hook you up with a teacher and that teacher is your liaison and you contact her on a basically him or her like on a weekly basis. Um, they provide you with a ton of resources, online resources and um, like some of them, uh, some of the programs we use are IXL, which is like a curriculum based, focuses on English and math. Um, and, you know, it's not like a big game. Some of these online learning tools are like 
you're like, are you really learning anything? Like, yeah, they ask you a math question every 15 minutes, but you know, most of the time they're just goofing around. Um, and uh, Raz Kids is one, uh, which is like a reading thing. Um, uh, Rivet is another one. Um, there's there's a bunch of them where you can get like a whole library of books. So we and that's you know important if you're trying to travel carry on only. You don't want to have tons of books. So we have no workbooks or anything. We have a journal where they do paperwork and stuff like that. But um, I believe uh, selfdesign.org is where you can find these guys. I'm not sure whether they're you know, available in all regions uh, or countries, um, but I'm sure they'll be expanding with this. You know, at some point, this is learning online is uh, becoming more and more of an attractive option for a lot of parents. And you know, it's it's hard to get your kids to sit down and focus and pay attention and do something sometimes without bribing them. <laughs> I, I have a great deal of respect for teachers and I know that they wouldn't talk to their teachers the way they talk to us. I think there know? are, yeah, there are a lot of things that are coming out of this and those are some things I've heard multiple times, like, you know, just the, the respect for teachers after kind of going through it and for the everyday heroes, like the nurses and the doctors and the people that work at the grocery store, you know, all, all these people that are putting themselves right up in front and center in the middle of all this. Yeah. My dad is a teacher. Oh, really? And, and your mom was a nurse, you yeah. said, right? So yeah, that's this right. is, uh, yeah. yeah, it's running in the family, yeah. I guess, in some ways. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My grandma was a nurse too. So I'm a third generation. So, um, and, uh, yeah, getting, getting your kids to, to focus. My dad's best advice is tell them to sit up straight. Hey, <laughs> they not have, bad. But they, they pay more attention. I'm like, yeah, that's if I could get their butt in the chair. But um, uh, I, I also li- listened to another podcast. I forget which one. They were they're interviewing um, a teacher who has now teaches English online, and um, it might have even been your podcast. I've, I've, anyway, um, but she was saying that she she calculated the amount of actual learning time that she does in the school, she had a stopwatch and she like the school day is about six hours. Um, but in the total day they did roughly one and a half to two hours of actual learning and where they're sitting down doing stuff. And now they're not one-to-one. Some kids are goofing around on one side of the classroom while the other kids are actually paying attention. So, and that's what people need to know is that you don't have to sit down with the kids for six hours a day do this and when you're world schooling it's even easier when you can get out of the house because you can go to museums and parks you go for a walk in in the jungle you're seeing different flora and fauna they learn uh, like money exchange currency exchanges geography history every time they see a cool building or a castle or a temple uh, they're learning about culture. Every time they go out to eat, they're learning about their culture and their food. So that's what world schooling is really about. And that's the easy part, you know. And you can just do that, just learn from experience, which is great. Yeah, that's uh, the best way to learn, right? We always talk about, I mean, travelers know how much you can learn from just getting out there and experiencing things. Uh, and then for some reason, you know, thinking about it being illegal to take your kids out of school or, or, you know, some of these things like, 
what you're living right now would be, be considered an unconventional lifestyle for a family. But if we all see so much value in travel and how much you can learn from it as adults, why wouldn't we apply that same idea to children, right? And just accept that like, hey, this is a great way for a kid to get an education. No, pulling them out of school isn't crazy to do this because we know what travel can do for adults. You know what I mean? Like it seems insane that it's not uh, accepted, but it's just not the way things have been done. So therefore, when you have big changes like this, it, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's just viewed differently, I suppose, um, by the general population. It takes a long time for governments and laws to change too uh, and accept new realities. But it seems like that certain things like this pandemic are accelerating trends for example, of remote work. Now companies are realizing, oh, people can remote work remotely, right? They can actually be productive. Why am I paying for this, you know, 10,000 square foot space in, in Manhattan that's costing me, you know, X amount of however many tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands per month when these people can just work from home and do the same thing. So Not to mention the commute. Yeah. You know, all the time and all the pollution that's created from all these people going back and forth to work. Some people drive two hours to get to their job from the suburbs and the stress from battling traffic. Like, it's just, it's nasty. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Not only people are more productive, maybe, in some ways, but also happier, you know, getting to have more time at home, more times with their families and friends and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, good things will come out of this as well, I hope, and I'm sure. Uh, it was a pleasure talking with you today, Peter. I'm f- glad we finally got to connect. Do you want to leave us with some final words of wisdom for anybody that's considering you know, selling everything, including their house and taking off and maybe not doing it right now, but maybe when things settle down, travel opens up again? Well, yeah, sure. Like I said, I, I think um, now is a great time to think about it. And these all start as a thought and it could be, you know, the hardest part is, is waiting for the time to come. You're like, you get excited and you want to just get going and there could be all these things you need to do. And right now you don't really have the choice to get going. So I think in a way it might even make it easier to, to wait for that time. And, um, and if it seems like a far off thing, great. You just have more time to get prepared. If your kids are too young, great in four years they won't be um and uh and and you got to think about this yourself my friend um because uh you know now is the time be putting your money put your money where your mouth is (laughs) best traveler in the world right um and uh that like if you really want to create lasting memories like with the learning and everything with experience you remember these things so clearly like your biggest childhood trips a lot of kids' first memory is like a big road trip across the country, you're going to Disneyland or something like that. And those are the things that stick with you. And if you want them to have these fond memories and to build a bond with them so that you're not just that guy that comes home at the end of the day and tired and, and cranky, then this is how you do it. And I, we already have this bond, which is, is priceless. I wouldn't change it for the world. Even if we end up having to go back home from this, like we've had such a great time. I mean, we started off camping for two and a half months across Canada and, and we are kind of looking forward to doing that again, actually. (laughs) Um, 
but uh, you know, like just doing something like that, you don't even have to be international. Um, that's another thing that I would say to people is that you look at your own backyard, appreciate where you're at, and um, and think about maybe just taking a couple months off. But talk to your boss, try to see if you can get a leave of absence or or something like that, even if you're not being paid for. And you, you absolutely will not regret it if if you can afford to do it and maybe you can give it all up and try to start something fresh when you're done and uh your kids you know at the end of the day when when like as a nurse i've seen a lot of people die and people aren't thinking about wanting to have worked more they just think about their biggest regrets in life are not spending enough time with their kids with their friends and their family and stuff like that so um, people shouldn't be doing overtime and spending all their days at the office and that sort of thing. They should be spending time with the people that are most important in their lives. Well, thanks for sharing your wisdom uh, as you continue on this journey. We're wishing you the best of luck and look forward to keeping in touch. And again, the website is earthfamilytravel.com. Best place to find you guys, I guess. And any anything else is that that's the place to go, right? Yeah, we're, we have a Facebook group, Earth Family Travel, and we have, I'm on Instagram. It's our joint account, Earth Family Travel, as well. Um, and so we're trying to post pictures there once in a while. You can also follow Captain Rex versus Earth. I've got a, a Star Wars action figure, Captain Rex. So he has also been traveling uh, this planet, trying to find his way back to his galaxy. And uh, uh, so, yeah. And that's, that's been a fun thing to do, a little hobby. So, um, yeah, thanks for so much for having me. Oh, that was uh, uh, my pleasure. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Yeah, I look forward to staying in touch, and we'll chat soon. All right. There you go. I want to thank Peter once again for stopping by and sharing his story here on the podcast. And please, I invite you all to get in touch. You know, Peter ended up on the show because he just sent me an email and uh, we got to chatting and I'm reading all of my emails. I'd love to hear from people that are out there in this caravan, this zero to travel listening community. Well, I like to call it the caravan. You're all out there scattered around the world doing your thing and living your lives, but you're all united here through the airwaves, through the magic of podcasting <laughs> and uh, united by a love of travel and... Yeah, I think across the board, we probably share some uh, a lot of the same values. So uh, I feel the energy in this community every time I turn on the microphone to speak to you. And I love when you speak back. I love getting those emails or those reviews just to hear from you and, and to really get your feedback. This show is for you. This is a community-powered show. So if you have any suggestions for guests or topics you want me to cover, questions or whatever you want me to answer... I am here to serve you, my friend. Just get in touch and let me know. Again, I do read all those emails and all the reviews and everything like that. I do want to give a shout out to uh, somebody in this listening community in just a moment. First, uh, I wanted to say another quick thanks to homeexchange.com for supporting today's show. You know, I just read a article I was saying Airbnb listings are way up in rural areas because a lot of people are traveling during the uh, uh, this whole pandemic and they want to go to more sort of nature areas. But why would you 
pay for a place when you can join a community of like-minded folks like you have here uh, that are exchanging their homes with each other at homeexchange.com. I mean, this is the number one platform in the world for exchanging your home easily, seamlessly, and without any money changing hands. So a few things I love about this service uh, really quickly. Most people assume if you're going to exchange your home with someone else, you need to do it on the exact same dates. But that's not the case. They have created a clever point system so you can earn points for letting people stay at your home anytime you make it available. And then you can use those points to stay at other people's homes anytime. So you don't have to do it on the exact same dates. I know that's something that confuses some people. So it's super flexible. You love flexibility when you're traveling, right? Home exchange makes it easy to do that. Also, if the idea of exchanging your home with a quote-unquote stranger seems risky. Don't worry. Home Exchange verifies the identity and address and contact details of all members. Uh, so there's a guarantee of trust for users. And of course, you can create a profile for free today. Browse the homes for free. You only pay when you finalize your first home exchange. And it only costs $150 for the entire year. So imagine being able to stay all over the world and be a part of an awesome community for only $150 a year. It's a no-brainer. Join the number one home exchange community in the world today and use the promo code 010 when you sign up. Make a note of that because you won't pay again until you make your first exchange, but use that promo code 010. They'll know that I sent you and you'll get 10% off that annual fee. Homeexchange.com, number one home exchange community in the world today. Uh, thanks to them for supporting today's show and uh, I'm excited to partner with them because this is another thing that can help you get out there and travel affordably. Just wanted to share that with you. And I know a lot of people, I've, I've been reading these articles where uh, one of these trends that they're saying it's happening during this COVID time is that people are saving more money than ever because they can't go out to eat. <laughs> they're not really going to the movies and doing these things that they would normally do. And uh, I know that's not the case for everybody. A lot of people are falling on hard times and that's the, the flip side. But some of you are able to save more as well. And that means, uh, you know, more money for travel, of course, too, when the time is right. So don't forget, you know, it's easy to kind of forget that um, the cost of living in many places around the world might be a lot less than where you are. So I'm not telling anybody to get out there and start traveling right now or to not start traveling, but uh, you have to look at the big picture and understand where you're at and where things are going maybe over the next 12 months, how much you might be spending at home, what the risks are. There's a lot to consider. I mean, this goes back to this idea of like, when is the right time to get out back out there on the road? I've gotten a couple of emails about this. And I know a lot of you that have had their their travel plans canceled are maybe itching to to make things happen to get out there again. And I got an email. I wanted to give a shout out to Sam who said, hi, Jason, I'm Sam Baker. I am a soon-to-be traveler living in St. Petersburg, Florida. I just wanted to send you an email and introduce myself. I recently started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago. I can honestly say your shows have changed my outlook on travel. I'm so glad they started the transition to travel series, and I eagerly await the release of new episodes. Thank you, Sam. Uh, it goes on to say, in recent months, I have been pretty down on myself when thinking about travel in the future. 
My partner and I were both gearing up for our first open-ended travel adventure. We began thinking about taking on this lifestyle about 18 months ago, trying to figure out how we were going to travel full-time while also working. We finally had our plan worked out and had a system of booking flights and accommodations six months out so that we always had that much of a buffer at any moment. We had our first two months planned and paid for before everything was shut down. I've been trying to stay optimistic through all of this, but travel started to take a backseat to the rest of my life. I set out to look for a travel podcast to refocus my attention and through all the ones I tried listening to, yours was by far the best. Thank you. That's very kind. So, and he goes on to say, anyways, I say all that to say that your shows are uplifting and give me hope to start thinking about travel again. And uh, he was talking about the last episode uh, that he referenced, uh, my transition to travel episode with Lance, which if you haven't heard that, I do these before and after episodes where I'll record an interview right at the beginning of somebody's trip or before they go. And then I'll record one after their trip months or sometimes over a year later. And uh, if you just search in the archives, wherever you find podcasts or on zero to travel.com, if you like those shows, you can just search transition to travel and you can find a whole bunch of them that I've recorded. You know, I always encourage everybody dig into the archives and uh, you know, if it's helpful, I know sometimes it's hard to find in, in a long podcast feed like this one, it's hard to find specific episodes on, on very specific things that you want. Of course, you can use a search functionality, but uh, if it's helpful to people, you want me to kind of organize the shows a bit on a page on zero2travel.com, just let me know. I'd be happy to go through the entire archive and just try to categorize things a bit more so you can easily find the information you are looking for because I am here to serve you. And if you have not signed up over at ZeroToTravel.com, you know you're missing out on some awesome stuff happening off the podcast. You got to sign up over there, dishing you a free bonus audio file. Three best ways to save money for travel is what I'm giving out right now. So uh, you can sign up over there and find out about all the good stuff we have going on off the podcast, you know, workshops and challenges, and we do different things with our community location indie, which is all about, you know, starting a location independent business, which is a whole other way to travel, all this stuff. Anyway, you can find out about it all just by signing up on zerototravel.com. So thank you, Sam. Uh, I just want to give you a shout out because listen, you're not alone out there, my friend. I mean, this is the, the reason I want to share this. So others out here listening right now, and, and I'm talking to you, maybe you're one of these people that was gearing up for an open-ended travel adventure like Sam was, and it didn't happen. You had to cancel things. It's uh, all of your plans have been shaken up, and you know what a reminder that uh, what's the expression? It's like life is what happens when we're making other plans or something like that. <laughs> we don't know, but Sam said he's trying to be optimistic through all of this, and I encourage everybody to to do that. Yes, travel can take a backseat right now. But that doesn't mean, you know, it, it, it's still in the back seat, right? Your travel's still in the car. You might be driving the car, travel might be in the back seat, but you know, it's still, still hanging out in the car with you, right? And uh, I really do encourage everybody to get out there and have many adventures nearby. You know, find a way to get that travel feeling, whether you're just you know, doing a home exchange down the road or you're, or you're uh, just getting a hotel in the next town over or you're taking a small road trip or maybe you're backpacking and staying overnight in the woods for the first time ever. Do something, you know, for the first time ever. That's always a great way to get the, uh, the travel adventure feeling, right? Hop on your bike and, and go out into the woods and go camping. Have what uh, my friend Alistair Humphreys calls a micro adventure right near your home. 
you know, get on a bike and pedal and stay in some town when you get there and just have an adventure. I mean, there's so many adventures to be had right out your front door and you can get that feeling of travel if, if you're caught up. You know, I'm sorry for those of you that were making uh, big life plans and they've they've been changed around, but know that there are other people here listening to this show, like Sam, that are trying to stay optimistic and figure things out as well. And just uh, just keep your head up and we all will cheer each other on and yeah, help each other any way we can. So uh, I just wanted to share that and I will leave you with a quote today. Let's, let's find a quote on optimism. And this one is from Helen Keller who said, optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. Thank you so much. I'll leave you with that. And I will see you next time, my friends. Peace and love. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 